Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Moving in together, wedding, what's up? I think like, you know, Obviously, babies. <laughs> uh, really, like we we talked. Yeah, you just bit. you just skipped right <laughs> over that. Yeah, you yeah. just skipped right <laughs> over that. No, are we are we having babies first? Or are we gonna get married first? Yeah, we're gonna get married Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Ugh. Beaming and gleaming under the light of our new presidential administration. I never knew what a relief it was going to be to see that orange bitch. The first thing I did when I woke up on Wednesday, that fateful day, was turn on my television. And 8.18, I'll never forget the time. It was 8.18 in the morning, turn on my TV immediately, something told me, turn that shit up, okay? And what I saw, what mine eyes showed me, was Marine One in the air, hovering right above the White House, and making its way, making its way anywhere but American politics. And I, whew. That really set the tone for the day and the week and maybe even 2021. We'll see. That was a great vision. That was a great, great thing to see. Um, wow. Michelle Obama, the burgundy outfit, the gold belt, your faves could never. Poor Melania, not poor Melania, Melania. I mean, but when I say poor Melania, I mean like she probably is broke. Poor Melania had to go out in that Mrs. Roper bathroom shower curtain 
And that was funny to me. Googling an idiot. Okay. Um, what else? Nothing else. Nothing else. I don't have a complaint when it comes to politics this week. This week. I don't want anybody to think that I'm like all in. I'm not necessarily riding with Biden. Like I'm in the back seat and I'm grateful to be here, but like I'm still keeping my eyes peeled. There's a lot of things that I need to look out for and I will be a backseat driver. Make no mistake. Let's talk about what's happened in celebrity news. <laughs> I'm going to start from the biggest flop to the least big flop. Congratulations to you, Kim Kardashian. You're the least big flop of the week. I guess we got to talk about Southern Charm. So here's the deal. A few months ago, I was like, I'm not watching Southern Charm. I'm not going to watch Orange County. And you know what? I pretty much was good about watching Orange, not watching Orange County, but I failed. I failed with Southern Charm. And you know what? Honestly, I'm kind of grateful that I did fail because I, truthfully, this is not like a ringing endorsement for everybody to go watch it, but I do think that this was a great show to show where Bravo is in terms of their race relationship relations. And I have not watched the finale. I haven't watched part two of the finale. I have watched part one. I thought the last leading up to the finale, the last two to three episodes were some of the most vile and disgusting (laughs) Um, things that I've ever seen on TV. The way they treated Leva the way they demonize Leva for trying to get Catherine to understand what she did, how she treated that woman, beyond just sending a monkey emoji, there were other things that she said that were horrendous and disgusting. And to see Leva completely clock the fuck out of everybody and how they act and how they treat Catherine... Catherine is really not a person on this show. You can look at Catherine as a symbol for, you know, ignorant Americans. And the way they treat Catherine, the way the guys treat Catherine, the way Danny treats Catherine. You guys, is Danny okay? (laughs) Like, let's pause here. Is Danny okay? Because Danny seems to really be going through it. Danny has seemingly for for those of you guys don't know basically there was a big blow up in the middle of the season uh, of them filming in which um Catherine is outed by um a black woman for Catherine DMing her and saying horrific things to her uh things along the lines of like do you even know who your father is don't use your minority claim as like an excuse or as a way to get sympathy from people um awful awful stuff right so in the aftermath of that what we see on the show is that Leva keeps saying Catherine keeps reaching out to me And then we hear Danny say, Catherine has basically ignored me, even though I've tried to be to be supportive of her. I've tried to reach out. I've tried to communicate in the aftermath of this. What is so interesting is how Danny doesn't get it. Danny doesn't understand what Leva is saying when Leva is saying, hey, I think I'm the only brown girl in Catherine's orbit. And the only reason she's reaching out to me is to get some sort of like, 
uh, you know, like uh, approval or some sort of like, you know, she's looking to get that endorsement from a, a minority person to say, hey, Catherine's not racist. She's okay. What she did was a mistake. You know, she was clearly trying to make an ally out of Leva. Danny could not see that at all because she's clearly so hurt by the fact that she has invested an unhealthy amount of time into Catherine and her well-being and she is not seeing her returns. So <laughs> Danny <laughs> is basically upset that her friend is not reaching out to her in the time of her being an absolute racist <laughs> and she thinks that Catherine has just completely abandoned her as a friend what Danny needed to understand was that this was not about Danny Danny was taking all that so personally when Catherine is a completely manipulative person I have been really gracious in the past with Catherine because of how Thomas has treated her, her issues with substance abuse. I think those are things that we can feel sympathy for her with. But at this point, she's a big girl and she can know not to be racist. Okay. Um, so to see Leva and Vanita, these two new women on the cast, a brown woman and a black woman, having to try to explain to these people why what Catherine did was wrong, why what Catherine said was wrong, why it's not okay to just say she's not a racist, let's move on, and really understand that conversation at the first part of the finale in which they try to explain to Craig what it is, that, why it is that they're so upset with Catherine, and they explain it to her, him, and Craig's like, at first... Before they say it, he's like, no, I don't really know the whole story. But like, basically, I feel like you guys are really bullying on her and you're like piling on her. And I just don't think this is unnecessary. And then they tell him what more she said. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And then we see scenes of and then Craig's like, you know, it's starting to seem like this was not an accident. <laughs> you know, and then we see Leva talking to Shep and Shep's like, oh, giggling nervously about how he doesn't want to, you know, have that conversation with Catherine and, you know, that's just not his place. And why can't we all just get along? And, oh, you know, I like, I just don't like, he just, you know, and love is saying very correctly, you hold people accountable for the bare minimum of things that you feel are done wrong to you. So why now when there's actually a moral a racially incorrect thing that happened why can you not hold Catherine accountable and he has no excuse he can't make eye contact with her he keeps ner nervously laughing he keeps talking about how everybody should just get along and he doesn't understand all of a sudden he doesn't get it and then we're seeing Austin scream at Leva about how she's everybody's bullying her and you know why can't you guys just leave her alone blah 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 just treating her like she's this precious perfect little puppy in the middle of the street about to get run over by Leva in a Hummer it was an absolute display of like where we need to focus when it comes to race relationships or race relations um this is the main problem Exactly what we saw is the main problem with racism in America is that people think that if they're not overtly racist, if they're not wearing a hood, a Klan hood, if they're not burning 
crosses in front of people's yards, then they can't possibly be racist. How could I be racist, Catherine says, when I have a black man that I'm fucking now? Like, does she even understand the implications of, yeah, he's like kind of, they both have a Ravenel last name, Thomas and this Chelsea, I think his name is. <laughs> I don't know. Caleb? Caleb. I, they keep calling his his name Caleb, even though it's spelled C-H-L-E-B. Like Chleb. But I guess it's Caleb. He is also a Ravenel. He is a black or possibly biracial man. Did Catherine even understand the implications of like where in the Ravenel line he may have come, may, where his genetics may have come from? Do you think about that, Catherine, at all? Um, did you? It's appalling. It's appalling. <laughs> it's appalling the way they treat her, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching season or part two of the finale. With that being said. The other stupid part of this show, this season, is Austin and Madison's clearly very fake for television relationship. Like, what are we doing here? We're not going to act like it's now, what, season three of the Austin and Madison show. Somehow, they always break up when the show's not on, but then they manage to get back together and really are thinking about, like, their future, Oh, weird. And this season, they couldn't even get through the whole season <laughs> before it all blew apart. So now we're getting into this offline drama of somehow Austin and Craig becoming friends with Chris and Cavallari. Then now Madison was possibly dating Jay Cutler. They were, quote, engaged in a flirtatious relationship. And, you know, they're really getting along and getting to know each other per the gossip rags, right? And now we're seeing what was a very confusing beef, growing beef that is now happening between Madison, Jay Cutler, and Kristen Cavallari. So what had happened was a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, Kristen was partying with Austin and Craig and that man that does her hair that he looks like a claymation character. I, I use this phrase a lot on the podcast. So I just want to be clear when I say I don't like your face, it doesn't mean that I find that person ugly. It just means I don't want to look at you. Something about the face turns me off. I just don't like it. It makes me feel weird. And Justin's face makes me feel weird. And I don't like his face. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> the point is, Kristen, Austin, Justin, and Craig were all partying drunk one night, dancing on Instagram Live, really just being sloppy jalopies, slob kebabs, whatever. This is very weird, I said, but I'm going to move on. There are much better things that I can do than watch Craig... And Kristen, you know, danced to Taylor Swift, probably on Instagram Live. Not going to do it. Cut to a few days ago, there was a competing Instagram Live dance-off between Madison and Vanita, and which Madison's dancing on a couch, and then she makes a comment of, oh, my son, just so you know, my son's with his dad, you know, like, basically intimating that Kristen is get sloppy in front of her kids and that she's like a bad mother essentially so then we get these joint 
posts on Instagram from Kristen and Jay with a picture of them <laughs> doing some sort of like, um, like it looks like a promo picture for, you know, like CSI Nashville or something, some kind of CBS cop show. I don't know. Kristen has her arms crossed and she's wearing a, a you know, a white tank top and it, it just looks like, oh, let's take this picture and show them that we really need mean business. <laughs> Former football star and lady who makes vegan cookbooks. Like, let's show them how tough we are. So the caption is on both of them. The world is full of users. 10 years can't break that. So we were led to believe that Kristen and Jay's breakup, divorce, whatever has, what have you, was pretty contentious. So to see this picture of them together, putting on a united front for what reason? I don't know. <laughs> um, people had a lot of questions and those questions led, all roads led back to Madison. Justin Anderson comments below Kristen's post. There's a calmness in the Nashville air tonight. Loveys heart emoji, heart eye emoji. Love you guys. I mean, puke like (laughs) to me, the worst person in the reality TV universe is the hanger on. The guy like a Justin Anderson who would say like that would even give credence to the the fact that Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler being nice to each other has brought a calmness to the air in Nashville. Ugh. <laughs> like I'm really trying not to puke. <laughs> so in there, Madison has been like subtly hinting at the fact that like she is the reason why they have put the you know have posted these pictures and she's like I'm gonna post the receipts like fuck you guys here we go so not too long ago she posted screenshots on her Instagram stories of a text conversation that she had with Jay um and a picture of she and Jay a selfie that she and Jay took together so the first post the first story is JC, Jay, you, she posted a, a Kermit drinking tea, Jeff, very timely. Um, she says, what were you coming here for? Because you didn't tell me anything. He says, to hang out with you. She says, well, you've got to ask me. And he says, haha, I was going to today. And then Madison says, ask me or tell me you already booked it. And then he responds, do you want to hang out next weekend? And it's clear that she deleted some texts because it doesn't make sense that he would just respond unless she is claiming that she just stopped responding to him. But the next three texts are from Jay. Do you want to hang out next weekend? Okay, don't stress about it. I bought the flight yesterday because it was the last direct one. If it doesn't work out, I can change it to some other time. Perfect. So then the next post says... I kept my mouth shut until I got called, excuse me, I kept my mouth shut until I get called a liar. So the next screenshot says I was, it almost cuts off and she's saying, why would you do that? And he says it was insinuated and my name was also brought into it, which I didn't appreciate. She says, Jay, I've done nothing but respect you and your privacy. I respect you. I respect your family. And I would never say anything to jeopardize you and your family. And he writes, 
It doesn't seem like that was the case. Maybe it was accidental. I don't know. No one wants this mess. I appreciate you saying that. I think we can all respect each other moving forward at the very least. She responds, I am disgusted by this whole situation. You reach out to me, dot, dot, dot. Your intentions may not have been pure, but that might be you projecting. I've never said anything about Kristen, nor would I. I came into this honestly with good intentions. I want no part of being involved in a payback or drama, but you initiated and pursued. If you weren't interested in something real, you shouldn't have, and it doesn't say it's cut off, but I'm assuming like you shouldn't have started with me. Like, if you weren't interested in something real, you shouldn't have started with me. Okay. So basically what she's saying here is that he's the one who started whatever flirtation romance that they had. And now she feels like he is turning his back on her and making all this drama where there wasn't one. And she's been totally respectful of Kristen and their relationship and the fact that he's a celebrity, blah, 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 this whole time. And that he was the one who messed it up. I really would like to know what his response was to that. But... She's making it seem like she was the one who got played. She's the one who's being looked at like she's a Debbie desperate. And she wants to make it seem like she wants to let the record show and set the record straight. That's really the end of it. That's where we leave off. I, I mean, is this like really drama? I don't know. I just think that like we as a collective are maybe starved <laughs> for information. By, in my professional opinion, if I'm... Kristen, the legend of Laguna Beach and the Hills fame, Cavallari. What I would be saying is, Jay, first of all, I would not be parting with Austin and Craig <laughs> because I'm above that. And, you know, we probably shouldn't be having like a hierarchy or a ranking here, but let's be real here. Is Chloe Kardashian going to, well, never mind. Because Chloe Kardashian is very good friends with Kim Zolciak, so. That blows my theory right out the water, doesn't it? But let's just say, like, Kristen doesn't need to be hanging out with these people. It's slumming it for her. Really. <laughs> and so you've now found yourself in some sort of weird triangle with Austin and Madison of flailing, probably not even that popular Bravo show, Southern Charm. Has, has Jay been in the Super Bowl? Like, I just feel like, don't they have better things to do? <laughs> they should have better things to do. And if I were Kristen, I feel like I am not going to clap back at anybody from fucking Southern Charm. Because I'm Kristen motherfucking Cavallari. And I don't even like Kristen. But, like, let's be real here. Let's be real. Is Queen Elizabeth going to get into it with Pierce Morgan? Absolutely not. So, like, let's... Come on. You know? Come on. And let's come on to the next subject. Bachelor fans, Bachelor Nation, the story that everybody expected and everybody saw coming has kindly, finally come to a head last week. Wow, can you guys believe it? Dale and Claire broke up. <gasps> I'm going to give you guys a second to collect yourselves at the shocking, shocking news. Wow. On the 19th of January, Dale, Dale Moss gets onto Instagram and posts a little caption and it goes a little something like this. Imagine this black background, white letters. 
I wanted to share with you all that Clara and I have decided to go our separate ways. We appreciate the love and support we've received from so many people, but this is the healthiest decision for us both at this time. We strongly believe in leading with love. <laughs> Sorry. We strongly believe in leading with love and always remaining true to oneself, something our families have taught and instilled in us throughout our lives. We only hope the best things for one another. Now, this was not a joint post, unlike Jay and Kristen. This was purely posted on Dale's Instagram. That was interesting because two days later, <laughs> um, Claire comes out and says that um, she was made of aware of the, uh, quote, mutual posts. At the same time as everybody. So here's what she says. I was made aware of a mutual statement at the same time you all were. So I've needed some time to really digest this. Speaking for myself, my intentions in this relationship have always been very clear. So the truth is I'm crushed. This was not what I expected or hoped for. And I'm still trying to process this. Now it looks not, it, it seems like they broke up, but the announcement was what took Claire by surprise. She didn't know that he was going to announce it. Apparently she needed time to process this. Okay. Okay. Now, there have been a few little things leading up to this that I think people are now reading into. And I think it's fair to do that. Um, first of all, around the holidays, Dale's brother, possibly stepbrother, but a brother, um, posted something on his Instagram about like people being fake and unfriend us now and all of this so apparently they're basically all the all the news rags that all the research that i've done pointed to claire being the issue do i believe that yeah but do i also think that dale is a monster 100 percent. it says claire and dale did not agree on a lot of things in the long run when they sat down and really discussed the future of their relationship. They had been fighting a lot as of late. Claire started many of the arguments, and Dale would try not to rock the boat too much, but it all became too much for both of them. They finally realized that perhaps they did move too quickly, after all. <laughs> I don't really know what to say, other than it's like, duh, bitch. Like, <laughs> we all saw this coming. I'm not going to act like this is the most shocking. I mean, of course, this, this breakup came right on time exactly when I expected it to right after the new year and after the holidays like they in my mind they were either going to break up right before the holidays right before Christmas or now and I was right I was right these people aren't gonna get back together they weren't they were never made for each other we saw on this show Claire making these wild pronouncements about how in love she was and how this like she never known a love like this before and this is like everything that she ever hoped for and they're soulmates and oh my god you know we've been going through the same things and I just can't believe it what magic what magic in his eyes and Dale in response was literally she would say all of the shit like I see a future with you I want and he would just pick and choose the things that she said <laughs> and repeat them back to her and it was psychotic it was a psychotic thing to watch like how did she not see it how did she not see it how did she it doesn't make any sense I mean the moment that they admitted that both Claire said oh my parents met and he my dad had to hitchhike to go see her because he was so in love with her and couldn't get her out of my, her mind and then Dale says 
oh, my parents met and my dad was so in love that he also hitchhiked to go see my mom and they fell in love and they also got married very quickly, just like your parents. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. The fuck it is. <laughs> it is. Why did she not see that? And uh, Sure. I absolutely think Claire is, looks to be like a hostile little Holly. She seems to like to get into it. And I think she does a lot of like long lingering looks in your eyes and is like, really wants you to like, what is she always saying about Dale? Like Dale shows up for her, right? Long linger looks like, I thought you would show up for me, Dale. I thought you were going to show up for me and you're not showing up for me. You're not the man that I thought you were. This perfectly how I'm imagining these fights, right? Dale's probably like looking at his phone, probably playing uh, Best Fiends or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let me not talk about these people for too long. I mean, girl, 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 girl. Speaking of girl, speaking of girl. I guess we gotta take a step into the Kardashian corner. Let's, why don't you just get comfy and cozy, put yourself in a blanket, you know, sit down on the lounger that I've set up for you and just really get comfortable and warm so I can tell you that I was right. Again, I was absolutely right. I predicted that they were going to address the divorce of Kim and Kanye on the show and what do I see coming down my timeline? Kim Kardashian is including her divorce from Kanye West in her TV storyline. This came out a few days ago from Bossip. Okay, so it says if you're tired of hearing about Kim Kardashian and Kanye's divorce, excuse me, if you're tired of hearing about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's divorce now, you may not be thrilled to learn that the rumors were reportedly play out during the final season of E! Hit Reality Series, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Um, the source says the Kardashians intend to go out with a bang. They filmed Kim discussing her marriage problems, but everybody involved is on a non-disclosure agreement because the finale won't screen until later 2021. I was thinking that they would get back they would start airing in like maybe February or March and this would end around the summer, but it looks like maybe they're going to be airing the season later in the year. <clears throat> so the article goes on to say, well, Kim's divorce disclosures seem ine inevitable. It's still unknown whether Kanye will join in for the filming about the split, but a separate source says that yay is at peace with the decision to divorce as well as however his wife and her family choose to portray him. He understands Kim's side she excuse me he understands kim's side has to spin that she is sick of him in reality he's been sick of being involved with the kardashians for a long while especially her mother who looms large in all big decisions that she makes west the source added seems to be enjoying the brouhaha surrounding his divorce he's quite familiar with the, what the kardashian public relations machine is capable of and thinks it's funny that her team is blaming his presidential run on the marriage disintegration Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. This is very interesting. This is very interesting. Um, Do we live in a world in which Kanye is just sitting back and letting these things happen and he's enjoying the rollout of his impending divorce? Well, it's happening. (laughs) He's not saying anything. So it certainly lends a lot of credence to that. I think that this is a very accurate headline if i had to guess it's very obvious when he called chris chris john ung on twitter <laughs> that he feels some type of way about the matriarch of the family um do i think that we could and have not and should be having a conversation about kim and the control in her life 100% i think we all don't think a lot about how controlled Kim's whole life has been and I think we all think that this is Kim's decision that she is you know the product of her mother and that she is very controlled very by the book like everything is very calculated I don't think that is the case as much I think that Kim is very comfortable giving control to people and I think it's evidenced by the fact that like Kim has not pulled a Beyonce and uh defected like Beyonce did with her father and then her career skyrocketed after that we have not seen Kim do that we have not seen I mean it's very clear that when Kim and Kanye got together that theirs was a relationship in which Kanye had a lot of control over her wardrobe over the decisions that she was making in her um, career over you know a lot of things a lot of things that were major life decisions that were she was making she kind of went from giving Chris the reins to giving him to Kanye. And I wonder if after this divorce, what are we going to see? Are we going to see a Kim and Chris back together? Or are we going to see a 
free Kim who's making her own decisions and living her life the way she wants to do it. I, I'm very curious about how that is all going to happen. I read this article from in touch weekly that talked about this whole timeline of like the bad things continuing to happen in the relationship that led to their divorce. And I forgot all of these things that happened. It, once you read it, like we all remember the days where Kanye would be trending because he was going off on Twitter for this, that, and the other. But once you read all this, this whole timeline, one after the other, after the other, and realize that all of the shit happened last year, it is a lot. It is a lot. And it, I think that it makes more sense as to why they're not broken up yet in my mind. It, Cause I think that they're at that point in a relationship where you're just like so over that person that you're not even trying to fight with them and I think that's really the only holdout and obviously the show I I think Kim is done and I think Kanye is done and I think this is very interesting so let's break down this timeline for those of you guys who need a refresher because there were some hits in there there were some real big hits they're saying according to in touch they're putting the blame on the relationship or the beginning of the end of their relationship on the quarantine on the pandemic apparently connie was having a lot of trouble uh even a month in even though he got covid that he was having a lot of trouble being quarantined with these people and that by these people i mean his family (laughs) his wife and his children and that he was going to the studio a lot he would be there for hours and that Kim really like flipped a script on him and kind of was being a hypocrite according to this that like Kanye always felt like Kim put her career first before their relationship before the kids all that she's very focused on her career Kim Kardashian Inc right he I guess now felt it was during the lockdown felt that Kim was being very hypocritical because she was complaining to him about him not being there for the kids. I, we've always felt like Kanye was not like actively parenting these children, right? (laughs) Like we all knew that Kim was out of the uh, nannies, notwithstanding that Kim was the active parent out of this couple. Right. Um, So, yeah, I guess it starts, the resentment starts building when Kim is saying, why aren't you there? Why are you always in the studio? Why are you not at home? I'm trying to raise these kids. And he is saying, you weren't trying to do that before. So why are you placing the blame on me? Why are you putting so much pressure on me not being there? That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit, dude. The whole world changed. (laughs) The whole world changed. So you can't just say like, one day she decided that you weren't present over the children. You know, I I think that's bullshit. I think that's, I don't think that's a reason to mock your wife because she wants you to be present and an active father. So I'm going to give one point to Kim on that one and zero for Kanye. So we're one Kim, zero Kanye. The next big blow obviously comes July 4th when Kanye surprise announced that he was going to be running for president. Scott, can you believe he, you know, and then we got two weeks later that horrific speech. I didn't know all of this because I saw a bunch of clips and pictures of Kanye crying in that stage in South Carolina. And I thought, not for me. So I 
had only heard like I knew that he had mentioned something about North being aborted and but I did not know the details until I read this article I what the hell so apparently what he said on July 19th of 2020 Kanye says she said she was pregnant and for one month and two months and three months we talked about her not having this child she had the pills in her hand he said then he said the sorry then Kanye says that if Camp decides to divorce him because he divulged that information he goes on to say she brought North into the world even when she didn't want to she stood up and she protected that child I almost killed my daughter now I thought all he said was like I almost killed my daughter that's pretty horrific but to say that like kim had the pills in her hand and that there were months of them talking or she like got to the you know got to this place and there were months where they were talking about whether or not to keep this child like ugh, that's so icky and i was trying to think like as an adult honestly if i'm standing here today and my mom were to tell me like i thought about aborting you i personally i you know it do what you want. Like, I personally wouldn't be offended by that. But then, yeah, you know, think about North, who was seven years old. And, you know, my father wasn't Kanye West. And he would be saying this to the whole world. And that's embarrassing. And I hope that she doesn't, like, internalize that about herself. Because that would be the worst thing. But, my God. My God. And then I totally forgot that later, like what, July, he, he said, you know, the doctors have been trying to 5150 me. Kim's trying to get people to lock me up. And I've been trying to get divorced with Kim since Kim met with Meek Mill at the Waldorf Astoria for quote unquote prison reform. Yeah. And that's the point where he called Chris, Chris Strong Un. Um, after that, we know that Kim put put that um, very well written PR statement about Kanye's mental health and his bipolar disorder, um, how she's been trying to get him help, but basically there's nothing she can do, but she's really supportive of him. But it seems like Kanye and Chris have a really big deal, a big issue with each other. He, they have an issue with how controlling Chris is in Kim's life and how involved she is. Um, yeah, I just, it looks, it's bad. It's gotten so bad. It's gotten so bad that Courtney, they're saying it has been like a second mother to the three oldest kids, to Chicago and Saint and North. And that Chloe has had to uh, step in to, you know, and, and the sisters are really involved in the kids' lives and, and bringing normalcy into their lives. Like, imagine going, <laughs> you know how bad your life has to be? Like, go to Auntie Coco's house to get some normalcy. <laughs> Why don't you go to Ann, to Annie Courtney's house to, um, why don't you let you chew on some matcha, <laughs> chew on some avocado pudding. So she sucked down some avocado pudding and get that old thing back. You know, imagine, <laughs> imagine how, how bad your relationship has to be to be like, Oh, it, uh, uncle Tristan will take you. He, he'll teach you how to play some basketball and, and teach you really how to, you know, he's He's going to be your male <laughs> support in the family. Girl girl break up with him <laughs> break up with him now 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 that i'm seeing this break up with him immediately things are not good apparently the it's all but written 
this is a very sure thing and I can't wait to see I you guys honestly I think the divorce is not going to be as contentious as like I deserve I don't think because at this point like Kanye's unwell and so I don't want to say that like clearly he has moments of of clarity and and all that and I don't want to say like the people who have bipolar disorder you know are, are sick people and they're not to be trusted but I just I think if he were to go on another rant I just don't it just isn't going to hit the way it would have even a few years ago. It wouldn't, I don't think I'm going to get pleasure out of that. I don't. And that's sad for me because I've invested a lot into this family. And into this divorce. <laughs> did any, did Kim and Kanye think of me at all when they did this? <laughs> this is really rude of them, honestly. Like, I really invested so much time and this is how they're going to treat me. I don't appreciate it. I don't. Anyway, you guys, let me leave you all alone. <laughs> the rest of the episode is a recap of last week's latest episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you can, give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. You guys have been really killing it with the reviews lately. I have to say, I've been reading them. There was somebody, I think your name was PJ McPeepee Pants. That killed me. That was very funny. I loved your review. <laughs> You were being a little bit petty, but petty in a way that worked out for me. So I appreciate that, pee-pee pants. Thank you. Um, that's it. You guys, on the Patreon, for those of you guys who don't know, patreon.com slash E-B-B-M podcast, I'm going to be film- finalizing the, my Bethany Ever After series. The last episode is next week, this week, two days from now. It's on Wednesday. What a moment. We're finishing it. And then announcement, I'm going to be talking about celebrity weddings for the next month or so. So that's going to be happening over on the Patreon. We're going to be doing a couple Bravo weddings. We're going to be doing a couple just celebrity weddings. So I will be announcing that first week next week, I guess. I don't have a choice. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Is that your impersonation of Lisa? Yeah. I can't even do it because I can't look like I'm taking a sh** and being sexy at the same time. Okay, you guys, let's talk about Salt Lake City. First things first. Usually I do release the recap for Salt Lake on Fridays. However, now that Married at First Sight is back, I'm going to be alternating Friday and Monday with Married at First Sight and Salt Lake City. So you will hear this as you're listening now on Monday, and then I'll come out again Friday, switching it with Salt Lake City. You guys know what alternating means. I'm not going to insult your intelligence, and I'm not going to um, expose my lack of intelligence by trying to explain it. I hope we're all on the same page. Let's talk about Salt Lake. (laughs) So we start off the episode, Mary, free from the closet. You guys, I have been wanting to make a trapped in the closet joke about Mary for weeks now, but I can't because R. Kelly. But just know that like I think about it and I hope you think about it too. It's funny. It would be a really funny joke. If only. If only. She looks pretty. I thought Mary looked really pretty in the scene. She's drinking a smoothie, you know? carbo loading before she has to go back upstairs into her many shoes and dresses um she and grandpa's daddy are talking about how he wants to get rid of their florida home it's too much trouble too much work he just wants to sell it mary's like 
are you going to do that to me? Like, if I'm too much trouble, are you just going to get rid of me? And Grandpa Zaddy's like, what are you talking about, woman? But you know what? Mary might be onto something because, lest we not forget, let the record reflect that Grandpa Zaddy has had an accusation against him with regard to possibly getting away, getting rid of one of Mary's family members slash his own wife. So, is it an unfair question? No. I don't think it is. <laughs> she may have been implicating him in a crime <laughs> right on TV. And I hope to see, you know, everything allegedly, allegedly grandma died due to natural causes. But do we really know? Or do we really, really know? Should we open that file up again? I think we should. Moving on, Meredith and Brooks are going grocery shopping, but... I'm on a gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free diet. Like, I want noodles, but not, like, super carbohydrated noodles. Oh, I want those veggie chips, but I just made kale chips. Oh, chicken and salmon jerky? Oh, is this for dogs? Oh, because that really sounded good. I need Brooks to not. I need Brooks to not. I don't need him. He's... You know, in the beginning, I was like, I kind of like what he's giving, but I need to reserve judgment for later. I'm here. I'm here to judge. I don't like it. I don't want, I don't need a season two of Brooks. He can go back to college. You know, education is key. And I think you should focus on that, Brooks. I think you should focus on that. Brooks kind of gives me RIP to Harry Brandt, uh, son of uh, Peter Brandt the first and Stephanie Seymour. He just passed away so maybe I shouldn't be saying this but he Brooks does remind me of Peter Brandt II look at pictures and tell me if you see it he he just has that like he is a face and they have similar ones (laughs) you see it you see it I hope you do next we go to Whitney's house her half-brother Will and her sister Shaylee Shanley Shaylee I think it was Shaylee they're coming over with their dad to have dinner kind of uh you know taking them to the red table since there was some healing to be needed to be done so here's the deal like Whitney's I don't know how many full-blooded uh siblings Whitney has Will we know is her half-brother I and I think they're joined by their mom they're related through their mother so Whitney's father and his wig are not Will's father Shaylee, I'm not sure where she fits into it, but basically Whitney's trying to bring the whole family back because after their dad, you know, went off the rails with his sobriety, everybody made a choice. Whitney chose to stay and be supportive of her father. Will was like separated himself, but he's sort of always been on the fence and Shaylee has been like Seacrest out. I'm not trying to do this. I need to have boundaries. So they are together and <laughs> they're together and Whitney's trying to make it work. Whitney's trying to make it work. Um, sorry, you guys, I get distracted because my sister's sending me text messages about Bernie Sanders. And I love Bernard, but my God, have we 
gone through a meme more quickly than Bernie Sanders in that chair with the mittens on. I, we're done. We can't, you know, that was a good 28 hours, but I tapped out. You guys put him in too many places. Like, I don't need to fat, flat Stanley Bernie Sanders. Like, let's just let him be the beautiful socialist man that he is. Okay? Let it go. We, I release you. Much less I would like Brooks to go back to college. We release, You don't have to think of any um, background to put Bernie in. The pressure's off. Don't do it. We're done. We're moving on. And I'm moving on. Okay. Um, back to Whitney. <laughs> so Will's like, they all sit down. They're having Thai food. Will and Shaylee are keeping it real. And Will's like, look, Whitney starts talking a good game about how, you know, how much he loves them and how great it was growing up with them and blah, blah, blah. And Will's like, yeah, you talk a good game, but we've been down this road before. So I'm looking for some action and not just words. Whitney is like, I'm hoping that this guy, this is a first step forward for all of you guys. Whitney's dad is like in sober living. I feel like last time it was kind of shaky because he found out he was going to be getting a roommate. And he was like, I told you guys I don't want a roommate. I want to live on my own. I want to start my own business again. And Whitney basically shot that down and was like, you're not really seeming to be invested in the process so now he's got a roommate he is going to you know outpatient therapy group therapy all the things he seems to be on the right path Shaylee seems pretty hopeful and she's like you know I have all these good memories of us growing up and I want to create new good memories with you and I don't want to like break this relationship up Whitney said invites them all to do like a group family therapy thing and they agree I think this is very good I really love this storyline it's really tough and I think a lot of this is why I like Whitney because at the day at the end of the day Whitney just I think she's a good person I think she really messed up with that party with Jen Lisa Meredith the whole thing was an absolute shit show dumpster fire disaster but I think at the end of the day Whitney is like a smart woman who really is trying to make her way and try to get her family together and I think the way she's handled her father and his sobriety and his journey has been really admirable I think she's gone about it in a really really good way healthy way I would like to know like therapists out there people who deal with like addiction addiction specialists do you think that this is uh, that Whitney's handling it well Cause I don't, you know, I don't have a family member who I've, you know, or a close person in my life who's dealt with addiction. So I don't really know these things firsthand, but it feels healthy. So let me know if it is. I'm a sick person. So I could be seeing something totally fucked up and saying like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so let me know. Let me know. Next, we have the double date between Heather and Jen, Coach Shaw and his Paisley Purple Rain shirt and Big Daddy, Coach Shaw's friend of decades. It seems like Coach Shaw and Heather have like a really cute relationship. Almost, it was giving me shades of like when Nini and Peter, when Cynthia and Peter were still together and he really had this sort of like warmth vibe friendship with Nini. It seems like Coach Shaw is like bordering unattracted to Heather 
<laughs> but he's keeping it really cute. Like he, you could tell that he thinks that she's like a good woman and she is, she is. You could tell that Jen though, like sometimes they get a little too friendly with one another and Jen's like, okay, pull it back. You know, this is a, a date for Heather and big daddy, not you and Heather. Um, this date is supposed to be <laughs> sort of a, a makeup thing, a mea culpa that Jen is giving to Heather to kind of move forward in their relationship since they, you know, they were screaming in those dirty bathtubs at that quote unquote spot. So Coach Hell's really talking Big Daddy up and Heather's like, great, I can't wait to climb him. I can't wait to climb up his leg. Big Daddy, a.k.a. Keith, shows up and Heather's like, okay, first impression, Jen, he's hitting a lot of the boxes here. He's tall, he's dark, he's handsome, he's alive. Let's see what happens. Let's have some fun. I knew this man was going to be trouble. As a active and participating member of being black for the past almost 35 years, I know what type of man we were going to get out of Big Daddy, who Heather keeps calling Big Easy, by the way, <laughs> during the date. Um, here's how I knew. The man came in with a Kangol hat. I know with my experience that a Kangol hat, which is, you know, the hat that LL Cool J is famously, you know, like it's his trademark hat. It's the one that has like that bill that cinches at the, at the top. It's like a, almost like a limo driver. But like if the limo driver was like from the Bronx in the 80s, I knew that when that man walked in at night with that Kangol hat, that he was going to be exactly the man that we saw in front of us. A man who, when Heather ordered a Tito's and water, he ordered a cranberry and orange juice and then a Sprite. <laughs> Heather's like, I thought I was going to get a man here, but Big Daddy orders food like a big baby. Then Heather's like, what do you do for a living? And he's, here comes the bullshit. Here, here it comes, y'all. Vague, vague. A lot of words, a lot of, you know, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, but just bullshit. Just absolute bullshit. He starts by saying, you know, I help the student athletes transition into school and I help them prepare and especially prepare for when they leave and go off in the real world. And Heather's like, okay, so are you like on the academic side of that? And he's like, you know, I'm glad you asked. And this is how, you know, he's not glad that she asked because now he really has to explain it. And now he's like, oh, why can't I, you know, if you have a job, you have to give me an elevator pitch of your job if it's an atypical job that most people have not heard of i i just need two sentences a title just give me a title just give me a, a your official title the title of the person who hired you just tell me what that title is because it sounds like you're you have cultivated some sort of big brother situation where you're like why didn't he just use the word mentor? Like, not quite a mentor, not quite, you know, he's not helping. It, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. He said, the things I do don't fit nicely into a square or a box, which is life. And it's like, there's just a lot of platitudes. 
There's just a lot of platitudes. Just tell us what you do. What is your day to day? When do you wake up? What is your what does a day look like for you? Instead, we're treated. Well, we weren't treated, but Heather was treated to like a 75 minute speech about all of the things that he does, which really was nothing. You know, it's nothing. Nobody needs to talk for more than three minutes about what they do. And if you are, that's a problem because that means that you're not doing anything and you're really trying to make up for what it is, you know, Heather and I are so sick of this man. So over big daddy, she's like, you know, I I was really just looking for something casual and I was hoping that we could go into this thinking that like, you know, it would just wouldn't be a lot of pressure, not a serious thing, but he doesn't even have to worry about that because I do not want to date him. (laughs) she is so ready jen is trying to liven up the situation she's like all right let's go salsa dancing and heather's like absolutely not you can coach talk and go and do that i'm going home big daddy wants to know where his dessert's at and heather's like you know what get a slurpee on the way home you'll be fine (laughs) and that's me that is me through and through like work it out on your own bud work it out on your own i don't know you can you can stay and have dessert but i am leaving (laughs) so later we see whitney our first cast trip of the season of the series really whitney is inviting the ladies to vegas and she's like you know what i know that i'm not you know everyone's biggest fan right now between uh, jen meredith lisa you know they're not my biggest fans right now but i want to go I want to have a girl's trip. I think it'll be good. We see everybody's text response. Um, Meredith is like, you know, Vegas isn't really my scene, but I'll think about it. Mary's back in the closet again. She doesn't want to go because Jen is going. And this is where my question is. Well, first of all, let's say (laughs) Mary says that she would rather. (laughs) Mary says that she would rather be in a plane full of mice than have to hang out with Jen Shaw. And I want to know. What happened to Mary talking some big game? Because was it not an episode or two ago where Mary was saying everybody is afraid of Jen, but I'm not? But now you'd rather be doing my son a plane than hang out with her? Just handle it. I would like to see Mary Mary just handle her business. And I just want Mary. I just want Mary back on TV. I'm I'm lashing out because I'm hurt. Because I miss her. I miss my girl and I want her back on TV. There have been a lot of questions. It's like, where's Mary? Where's Mary? Did I already say this already that she was like a friend of initially and then they decided to film with her more as like a full-time cast member. And so now we're getting all these like pickup scenes with her. Um, I think I did. But if not, there's a reminder. I think a lot of people are like, they don't want Mary back for season two because they think that she's a little too a little too (laughs) just a little too i love her and i think we need a second season especially because we're not getting her as much as everybody else like i think everybody should be back for season two except for brooks and lisa and that's my truth i'm even willing to have back all of lisa's family bring back all the all the barlow men and boys i'm i'd happy to see them on my screen they all seem like solid neglected children (laughs) And neglected husband. <laughs> and so let's get let's get 
John Barlow to hold hold a snowflake. I want to see it. Lisa also says she needs to think about this, but then she immediately calls Meredith and they're like talking a good game or talking game about like what they're going to do and all the strategy and shit. And they're still mad at Whitney, I guess. And Lisa's like, you know, Whitney hasn't even apologized to me yet. And Meredith is like, she doesn't really seem that upset. She's like, I think I'm looking at Whitney as just a messenger of this. So it doesn't really seem that she's that bothered. And you guys, I try not to watch, listen to other people's podcasts. So maybe this has already been said. It, it seems like once I thought about it, it felt very easy as a Bravo head. Meredith is giving me Katie Maloney, Katie Maloney shorts. Lisa, I think, is more of a Stasi. And at that point, like, I feel like, um, like, <laughs> I had a total brain I had a total, total brain fart, you guys. It feels like Meredith wouldn't be holding on to this let's be mad at Whitney thing if Lisa just let it go. Like, it doesn't ever feel like Katie is ever as mad at somebody as Stassi is, but she keeps doing it and, like, going on with this whatever because that's her friend. And I just don't think that Meredith really cares that much. And frankly... Meredith should care more than Lisa because Meredith is the one who Whitney told that um, Jen was talking shit about her marriage and her man. Meredith should be the more, one who's more upset about this. And yet she's not. And I just think like if Lisa was not in the picture, this would have been resolved a long time ago. It, I really think it would have. Um, All the ladies get ready for Vegas. And did we notice... That in this episode, they showed two different ep- two different houses as, like, Whitney's house. They showed the outside of two diff- completely different houses as hers. One was, like, blue and had this, like, a-, a garage attached to it. And the other one was more of a gray. And also, again, I have uh, questions about the architecture because the neighborhood, it seemed like... It was shaped like the parking for everybody was in front, but like everybody had these houses. It was confusing to me. Like the street was odd, almost like a cul-de-sac, but not quite. Mm. Um, Jen has appointed herself <laughs> the CEO of fun for the trip because she says she's the only one who gets along with everybody. So, She's going to be in charge. I don't think she planned a single thing from what we saw, except for her little trip with Heather. (laughs) But go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to be on a trip where Jen has appointed herself the CEO of anything. Frankly. That's just my truth. Um, She is saying that she's the hype girl. She's the, you know, uh, Fonsworth Bentley, the flavor flave, if you will, of this particular trip. So Whitney, Jen, Heather, and Meredith, they all meet at the airport. They're flying together. They don't find out that Lisa is actually already in Vegas until they get to the airport. So at this point, Whitney's annoyed with Lisa. And I think she has every right to be. Whitney thinks that Lisa went to Vegas first on per- or just didn't tell her about her plans on purpose as a way of keeping Whitney down and that it's not a good look. And I agree. I totally, totally agree. Um... 
I would also say that Whitney's extensions, her Vegas specific extensions are not a good look, but truthfully, I'd rather hang out with Whitney's extensions than I would Lisa. Just a pile of her extensions. (laughs) Then Lisa, of course, Jen brought eight pieces of luggage. They have to take another car to pack it all. (laughs) Unbelievable. What is she doing? (laughs) So all the girls pack up in the limo. And Whitney's like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should call Lisa since she's here. She calls her. Lisa doesn't pick up. Literally on the screen, four seconds later, Lisa calls Meredith, which only pisses off Whitney more. And Whitney's like, Lisa's clearly trying to make a statement, and it's rude. (laughs) And then she does an impersonation of Lisa's face. And the producer's like, are you doing an impersonation of Lisa? And Whitney's like, well... Yeah, but I can't even do it because I can't look like I'm taking a shit and being sexy at the same time. <laughs> How do you not love her? How do we not love Whitney Rose? <laughs> Lisa claims that she has to work in Vegas, that she's always in Vegas. And I even saw an Instagram live that she was doing because I guess she had gotten a lot of backlash where she's getting her glam done and she's talking about like just talking in circles about, you know, I'm in Vegas all the time, you know, COVID permitting, I travel there and I work there and I have people there and I'm working. But then she posted a picture of like working in Vegas and she was just like her with a bunch of shopping bags. So what is the truth? What is the truth? My guess is that I I don't know what my guess is, but I do agree with Whitney that Lisa was trying to get over on her and establish her dominance in some sort of way. And I didn't like it. And I thought it was like weird. And I just, her energy is just weird. And I don't like, I don't like Lisa. I don't like Lisa. Lisa says she's still mad. Well, excuse me. Jen says she knows for a fact that Lisa is still upset with Whitney. And then we get a flashback from two days prior where Jen and Lisa were having a conversation And Lisa's like, I'm only going on this trip to get to the bottom of why Whitney would say that I was afraid of Mary. I'm just trying to find out the truth. But then the way she handles it does not indicate that. Here's, I'm clocking Lisa right now. It's like she wants to give us alpha female, alpha dog, top dog, head bitch in charge. And it's just not working. Like she's just a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> and I hate to say that I'm trying not to, I'm trying to take bitch out of my vocabulary and I'm trying to even give her credit for being like, yeah, Whitney should not have said what she said to Jen at that time or really at all. But she's been trying to, I, I just don't like her. I don't think she adds anything other than like, I just, ugh. She's just stuck up to me. And it's just not like my vibe. Like she gives a woman who even at her big age would intentionally, like if she's trying to make somebody feel bad, she would stare you down and make sure that you were still looking at her while she whispered in somebody's ear to like make sure that you know that she's talking shit about her. And I know that what I'm saying makes it sound like I'm telling on myself, like this is to happen to me at all, but like I am an alpha. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not, <laughs> but I know I'm not an alpha and I'm not trying. I'm not trying. And she's trying, she's trying way too hard. And that's why I don't like it. So the ladies all arrive to the hotel 
and what appears to be the ghost of Brooks's future recites a poem for all these ladies. There's a tray of champagne glasses and long stem, like single long stem roses, one for everyone. (laughs) Like this is a bachelorette or something. This poem, y'all, and the way he delivered it, fucking kill me. He was like, welcome you ladies. It's an honor you're here. Now that you've arrived, please lend us your ear. There's no salted lake here, but no shortage of sin. Here's a rose with some bubbly. Let your Vegas trip begin. And the only re- the only way that they knew it was over is because he looked up like so proud of himself. Oh, honey, this was your debut. And you were giving us um, gas leak. Like, are you okay? Are you about to faint? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Poor guy. Heather. Thank God for Heather. She is fucking touched, you know? And she's like, you know what? This guy spent more time at the intro Welcome to the Hotel poem than my ex-husband Billy did for our entire proposal. That's sad, huh? That is sad. (laughs) But it's probably true. Then Whitney's like, okay, you guys, we have an hour and I'm going to treat you guys to uh, an exotic car racing trip. And Jen's like, oh man, I really want to go, but I have this surprise plan for me and Heather. And Whitney's like, okay. At the same time, she's like, yeah, well, I couldn't get it. Like it had to be at this time. I couldn't do it. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) So Whitney's like, okay. (laughs) So once Heather and Whitney get up to the, the hotel room, Whitney's like, I get it. You deserve this surprise. But. I'm just kind of pissed now that I'm stuck with Lisa and Meredith. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) This poor girl's all by herself. And you know what? I think she needs to be. I love Heather. But I think Whitney needs to go out on her own. Heather's very protective of Whitney. In a way that I think can be detrimental. And I think can make things a little bit more confusing. It's like a too many cooks situation. Like Heather always means well, and she's definitely a better communicator than Whitney, but like she's just got to let Whitney fall on her ass sometimes or not. Just see what happens when Whitney goes out on her own and does her own thing. Because we see this conversation later that she has with Meredith and Lisa, and it goes a lot better. And it seems like she's a lot more receptive. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So Jen and Heather go to uh, their private shopping spree. 
Why did Jen cover Heather's eyes as she walked in? And she goes, one, two, three. She's amazing. <laughs> She's trying so hard to make Shaw amazing a thing. It's not going to happen. I know she wants it, but it isn't going to happen. We see Heather go into like full mom mode. Jen's treating her to like the, all these Giuseppe Zanotti shoes a small rack of clothes, like a whole full moment. These are the people who are Jen's personal shoppers. They hook her up with all those ridiculous shoes that we see her walking around in piles of snow in. Um, the shoes were cute. Ish. <laughs> Not my style, but whatever. I want to know, did Jen pay for all the shoes that Heather got? She must have, right? Like you don't treat somebody to a private shopping spree and then tell you, do you have to buy all these designer shoes yourself? Right? I also feel like, does Jen have the coin to be buying half of the spring-summer line of Giuseppe Zanotti? Those are pricey shoes, girl. Mm. I, I have I have a lot of questions about Heather and Jen's finances, but really mostly Jen. Let's move on. So Lisa shows up to mayor this room. And Lisa's talking all this shit like, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to tell Whitney when and how I got to Vegas. And it's like, well, no, you kind of (laughs) do if she's making plans and you come up the day before, like, what's the big deal about just saying like, oh, I'm already going to be there, but I'll meet up with you guys. Like, it's not a, it's not that serious. Just like this doesn't have to turn into like I don't have to tell Whitney Rose my my plans but it's rude it's rude to be like oh I'm already here and I guess I'll be hanging out with you guys for like a little bit of time but when Whitney didn't think that you were coming at all like that is rude it is rude can somebody give Lisa class with the countess because I think that she would learn a lot so Meredith tells Lisa oh we're going exotic car racing and we get the classic Lisa I love that I love that. (laughs) Lisa thinks that Whitney's always had a weird problem with her and it doesn't make sense and that she has an issue with Whitney not taking accountability. Now, we did get that flashback where, uh, you know, Whitney's saying that she feels like Lisa doesn't like her and and, um, that she feels like Lisa's trying to take over or be like domineering or whatever. I, I get it that Lisa might not understand. Like they clearly have an unresolved thing. And Lisa's pissed that Whitney said that the, the bartenders for her, um, vow renewal that Lisa gave her were drunk and, and broke shit and were drinking their stuff, whatever, whatever. I mean, I, I can't, I can't give Lisa anything. I really can't. <laughs> So Whitney, Meredith, and Lisa go to the racetrack. Lisa's so excited. She's talking about how Dempsey, as in Patrick Dempsey, oh, Dempsey's racing team races out here. We go out there a lot. Like, have we gotten word from Patrick Dempsey? Where where does Patrick Dempsey stand on the matter? McDreamy, can you hear me? Should I get Patrick Dempsey on the podcast <laughs> to ask him about his relationship with the Barlow family? I want to know. In fact, I'm going to pause right now and see if there's anything on the internet that would indicate that she has a a close personal relationship with Patrick Dempsey. Pause. All right, you guys, I'm back. And the only thing I could find that linked Patrick Dempsey to Elisa would be Lisa Bonet. They did a, um, 
a small film in 1993. I looked through her marketing business. I looked on the website. It looks like it has not been updated since 2016, any of her blogs. So I don't know what to tell you guys. She calls him Dempsey. I'm going to call him Dempsey because I feel like I know him just as much as she does. And I didn't even watch Grey's Anatomy. So anyway, um, Lisa's talking all this shit about how, you know, I drive a Porsche in real life. So can I, you know, I, I can put up with Whitney if I can drive a Ferrari on this track. All big shit talking, big, big shit talking. Cut to Meredith and Whitney fucking killing it. And Lisa's like the assistant driver that they have <laughs> sitting next to her is like, okay, Lisa, you can go faster. A little more gas. I'm going to get you to go ahead and like, let these girls go past you. Okay. Um, you can go ahead and uh, increase your speed there. <laughs> Whitney and Meredith are doing literally 30 and 38 miles per hour faster than Lisa's turtle ass. I mean, it's like Whitney, vroom. Meredith, vroom, Lisa, I love it, like, <laughs> just flop, a flop all the way, and this is what I'm talking, this is why I don't like Lisa, she talks such a big game, and then we see her going 70 miles an hour on a speed racing track, somebody begging her, please just move forward, and she's not, I will say that I really liked her outfit, though, it was kind of like, like, Euro trash man, but in the 70s. And I kind of, I fucked with it. It was a look. It was a lot of look, but it was a look. And I liked it. Um, So they get out of the cars. They're finished. And Whitney apologizes for what happened with Jen. And Lisa's like, you know, it was just confusing that Whitney was bringing this information about us to Jen and not telling us first. And Whitney's like, well, I told her because I was surprised when I talked to Mary. And I... <laughs> Just need her to stop starting sentences with, I was surprised when, because I feel like that's when things fall apart. She's got to let that phrase go because <laughs> it's only doing her harm. It really is. Um, so Lisa's like, I get what you're saying that you talked to Mary about this, but you got to take everything that Mary says with a grain of salt. I think Mary is my friend and I love her, but I speak for myself. Mary doesn't speak for me. And that's fair. That is a fair thing to say. Like, yeah, if you're going to talk about what other people said to someone else, like, maybe you should ask them first. Like, let's cut out all of this. Like, instead of telling the person who's going to end up with their feelings hurt, ask them what it is that they said so you can nip that in the bud. And I get that. And I don't want to give Lisa anything clearly based on the previous statements that I've made. But I, I think she made a good point with that. So Whitney, you know, she asked Whitney to go to the source next time because the situation had nothing to do with her. Meredith does not bring up the stuff that was said about her marriage and, and Seth. So I thought that was interesting. And I think that it's probably true. And I think that's why she's like letting it go slash not bringing it up. Like she's kind of mentioning it but not really and we have seen Meredith like not wanting to engage and stuff but also I just think that she might be not wanting to bring it up because she knows what how people might respond I really do I think Jen does know stuff and I think Jen's messy for bringing it up 
but I think she knows stuff. There are, there are bones in that closet. There are a lot of bones. Um, so yeah, they make up. Everything's fine. So then we get back to Jen and Heather, who are still at their shopping trip. They're talking about the other girls, and Jen's like, Whitney just needs to understand that she can't just say something and not have closure on it, because Lisa and Meredith and myself are going to run right over her. Totally steamroll over her. And Heather's like, well, that's terrible. <laughs> and Jen's like, no, it's not. Whitney can't just throw something in the air and be like, oops, sorry, just kidding. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, I mean, there needs to be closure to that. But Jen, you stopped there being a complete conversation to this when you threw that glass of gin and tonic or whatever was in your, you know, Vita tequila and lime, whatever was in that glass. You kind of shut that down. You kind of stopped the conversation there. Like, I think Whitney would have stumbled and drunkenly flailed through all of her words for a good two hours <laughs> had Le- had Jen not stopped her. And I that's just my truth. But now, Heather brings up an excellent point of, like, I why is Jen bringing up all this Whitney stuff? I thought that they just made up a week ago in that dirty bathtub. So why is Jen bringing this up again? And Jen's like, well, I'm still hurt that Whitney would bring all this stuff at Coach Shaw's party, the party that I hadn't hadn't thrown for him in 25 years, blah, blah, blah. It's a very layered situation, but clearly Jen does not want to take responsibility. Let's be real here. Jen's marriage is not anybody's responsibility, but hers and Coach Shaw's. And I fully agree with her that yeah that was not the right place in the right time and Whitney knew how important that party was to Jen she should have not said anything she should not have let that like weirdo QAnon lady talk her into having that confrontation at her husband's party totally totally get that however Jen can't flip the shift, whatever, flip the script and tell Whitney, you're the one who ruined my marriage. No, your marriage was going through it. We all saw you tell Coach Shaw that you were angry at him because he was not there for you and he was not supportive of you when it came to your father's passing and all of that. And and that you're so mad that he's always away and he needs to be around. That shit has nothing to do with Whitney. And that is 100% something that was going to have to be addressed between them, regardless of whether Whitney said anything. Right? So, like, everybody's 10% correct. But Jen's, like, 5% correct. And she's really, like, Whitney brought up a great point. Like, I don't know how much longer I can be a mirror for Jen to realize that, like, she's her own worst enemy and that she can't keep pointing the finger at other people when it comes to her marriage, because that's between them. That's between them. Heather claps back at Jen and is like, are you mad that you threw a glass at your party? (laughs) Like if we're going to be mad at Whitney for bringing it up, are you going to be mad for escalating it by throwing glassware (laughs) on the floor? And now they're mad at each other. So Jen is annoyed with Heather and is like, I don't know why this is so fucking confusing to you, Heather. (laughs) It's my husband's fucking birthday party. And she thinks, Jen thinks that Whitney needs to stop eating chicken nuggets at the kids' table and join the adults and start eating some caviar, bitch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
We might want to workshop that one for later, but I'm going to let you sit with that one. So then Jen starts yelling and she says, you know, Heather, you need to stand up for me when it comes to Whitney. And you also need to realize that like, um, the only reason why everybody's being nice to Whitney is because we love you so much. That's your friend. And that's the only reason why I'm like not going off on this bitch. Heather brings up an excellent fucking point and she's like I'm realizing in this moment that what he- what Jen thinks is friendship is just me being a henchman she wants me to fight all her battles she wants me to go against everybody when she's mad at them when she feels like being upset she wants me to fight for them and if you're not on your team then you're dead to her and I get it I, I think she's completely right so Heather says you need to talk to Whitney about all of this because Whitney thinks that you guys are fine but you're very clearly not okay (laughs) and yeah I mean basically Jen threatens Heather and is like you need to watch it with Whitney before she ends up screwing over your relationships because she's the bad seed and we all love you but we can only take this for so long and your friendship with Whitney well family ship really um we can only take it for so long so you need to basically figure out Whose team you're on? Hmm. If I were Heather, I'd be on Team Whitney. <laughs> Frankly. Oh, I'm loving the season. It looks like it's about to come to an end in a few more weeks. I think we might only have three more episodes before the finale. I'm excited about it, y'all. I'm excited. I think this is the end of the episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. Catch you later in the week. <laughs>